0: Welcome back to the My Online Schooling podcast, the place where we talk to staff, parents, and pupils to find out more about life at the online school. In this episode, we're talking to a mother of two My Online Schooling students who are aged 11 and 14. Rachel Martin talks to us today about what led the family to enroll in an online school from state education, how the children have maintained and nurtured friendships remotely and what the benefits are for their family as a result of joining My Online Schooling. But Rachel also offers her advice to families currently considering online school as an option, so stick around to hear what she has to say there. That's all coming up in this episode. Let's dive into this conversation now with Rachel Martin. Rachel, thank you for being here and welcome to the podcast. How are you today?
1: Oh, I'm very well, thanks. It's a pleasure to be here, Simon. I've... um, had an early start to the day. The cat woke me up at 5.30 wanting breakfast, as she always does. And I've been out for a run, which I always tell my husband is torture, but I feel great afterwards. It's um, enforced exercise, my daily, my daily run.
0: That's quite impressive. A, a daily run as well. So you do this every day?
1: I do. Yes. It's not a long run. I feel like it's better to do it regularly and maybe shorter. So I go for about three and a half kilometres, which is 20 minutes or something, and just long enough for me to listen to a podcast or something.
0: Now, I wonder, Rachel, whether you could just, before we get into into the heart of this podcast episode, if you can just give us a little bit of a breakdown of your family unit and also where you've come from in the world and where you're living right now.
1: Sure. So we are a family of four. There's myself, my husband, Ben. And we've got two children, Daniel and Elizabeth. Daniel's 14 and Elizabeth is 11. We are originally from New Zealand. So uh, my kids started school in New Zealand and we left there in 2014. We were living in Christchurch when the earthquakes hit in 2010, 2011. People think of it just as this one big earthquake that killed lots of people. But actually there were lots. It was an earthquake sequence and um, the aftershocks and the constant worry of another big one made us want to move so we looked elsewhere around the world and we'd always liked the UK we'd lived in the UK before well Ben and I had not the kids and we tried it for six months just Ben had a sabbatical so we came over for six months and it it was really good we liked it a lot and so we started looking for jobs here and ended up in Aberdeen in Scotland. And in many ways, Scotland is quite similar uh, la- landscape-wise to the South Island of New Zealand, which is where we were. And, and we loved that sort of landscape, the hills and the forests and the locks and the rivers. Um, so we love that about Scotland. And Aberdeen is is quite a small size. It's about 200,000 people. So I feel like it's compact and small enough to walk from one side to the other, but big enough to have facilities like universities and hospitals. And we've also got fantastic scenery on our doorstep in the countryside here. So it's good.
0: And you and Ben, what sort of work are you both involved in then?
1: So uh, Ben is a professor at the university here, professor in maths. So, well, he's a mathematician. And I'm a product manager for a software company, so I help determine the direction of the software. So I look at um, usability testing and studies and, and decide what we're going to build next. So it's, it's quite uh, interesting aspect to it. And we make software for awards and, and grant management.
0: Okay, right. Understood. And then when you first arrived in the UK in 2014 and you had your children with you, what was the solution to education back then for you?
1: Well, we enrolled them in state schools. So uh, it's just our local state school. They, they both went to the same primary school. They were little back then. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, Elizabeth, she was only four when we got here and she started school. So they, in fact, we got here in October and the school year had started in August She'd never been to school before and we just moved to a strange country and here I was dropping her off in year one for a full day. She didn't even get the sort of the, the, the lean-in where they get to go a few days a week initially um, just mm. to, to get used to it. But she was straight into it and um, just took to it really easily. And Daniel, I think he went into year three or four. So we, we did that initially for a few years. And then it was last year that, at the beginning of the pandemic, that we switched to online schooling.
0: Okay. So tell me what led you to the world of online schooling, because it sounds like everything was kind of going okay up until a point.
1: Yeah, we were pretty happy, reasonably happy, at least with the primary school that the kids attended. Daniel had started high school, then the pandemic struck. and, of course, learning switched to home learning. And we weren't really happy with the education the kids were getting at home. There was It was essentially what felt like homework. They were giving worksheets for the kids to do each day that really didn't take very long. There was no new material. But more importantly, there was no online contact with other pupils and with teachers. And by that I mean live video or even just audio calls that uh, that to me is very important and I've worked my job actually I didn't mention I've worked online since 2014 so I've, I've worked for remote tech companies where the entire company is distributed so it was not new for me to do everything from home I had always worked that way and when I saw that the schools weren't really providing what I felt was important, we decided to look for online schools. I didn't actually know that online schools existed before then. I just searched and suddenly realised, wow, there are online schools. Um, and actually, I should say I did bring it up with the children's school. I, uh, the primary school in particular, I thought were doing a very poor job. And I, I contacted them just to say, you know, are there plans to bring in video classes, teachers, <laughs> teaching and they didn't have any plans at all. I think there were concerns that the teaching staff didn't know how to use the technology, that they didn't want to be recorded. And so when I found out, you know, initially you could forgive them for perhaps not having time to prepare. But when I discovered there were no plans at all, we made up our mind to switch. So we started looking we found my online schooling, we liked what we saw, so we signed them up and they started in April, just after the Easter break.
0: Okay, so this is April 2020 then? Yep. Okay, and how did Daniel and Elizabeth take to it when they first started learning online?
1: Um, so it's interesting because before they started, Daniel was quite hesitant He's, he's mildly autistic but highly functioning autistic and so he doesn't like change and he was a little bit uh, uncertain about it. But after the first week, he loved it and I could tell he didn't want to go back to his old school. It only took a week. <laughs> I think it was just the unknown for him. And when I asked him about, you know, you know, what is it that you like about it, I think his first feeling about the new school was that everyone was well behaved in class because the state school the state high school he was going to I think had a lot of behavioral issues Um, so much so that every lunch time he would spend in the library you know the playground was quite a rough place so we were very happy (laughs) that now that you know he wasn't exposed to that kind of thing and I think it's much easier to control a class online because if there's someone who's disruptive, the teacher can mute them or even kick them out of the class quite easily. But um, it just hasn't been an issue, the behavioural problems. And so that was the first thing Daniel noticed was that it's much more efficient learning. The time you spend in class is focused on because the teachers aren't having to deal with behavioural problems. And I think uh, Elizabeth's first thought was that she could control her environment. She could have a comfy chair, she could have a blanket, she could have a hot drink. Um, She likes to make things cosy and so she was quite happy about being able to sit in her room and make a nice environment for herself while she's sitting in class, as opposed to, you know, assembly at her old school would be sitting on a the floor, a hard wooden floor which can get quite cold. This was definitely, definitely something she liked. And and I think what appealed to us quite a lot and, and what I've been really impressed with with both children is how they manage their time. So we we gave them their timetable with all their lessons on it and we've never had to say you know you've got a lesson at 12 you better get ready and sign Mm. on we've just never had to do that which is good because ben and i both work so we're focused on our work all day they the kids eat both of them follow their timetable they know where they've got to be when they can join their own classes so it's it's been very hands-off for us and I think it has been much easier for us compared with a lot of other parents who have really had to homeschool we haven't had to homeschool um, at all so it's been great.
0: And what would you say might be some of the gaps that uh, exist when children go to an online school and in what ways have you plugged some of those gaps?
1: Uh, so certainly, PE. There's no PE. Uh, it's quite hard to do. Although well, that said, I think there is a y- weekly yoga class that they can do online, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not the same, I don't think, as when you're you're actually there or all together. So last year we joined the Joe Wicks movement, and we're do- we were doing that every day. We've sort of um, stopped that now and we make uh, we make a point of telling the kids that exercise has to be a part of it. So one thing that's been quite nice, my son really likes walking and, and he and Ben will often go out for a walk together and that's something they wouldn't have been able to do before So because Daniel would have been at school and my husband at work but now they can go out in the afternoon when they both got a break and just go for a nice long walk and, and have a chat. There's, uh, we've also got a trampoline, which the kids both love. So they go out and that sometimes is pee. If um, they haven't been able to go out for a walk or do something else, we'll say, all right, out you go both trampoline for half an hour. And um, that's a good way to burn off some steam. And my daughter does Highland dance. So that over the last year, a lot of those classes have been online um, and she's not as good online I have to say with dance classes I think those are better when you're in a room and you've got the mirrors but nevertheless when she practices she does get the exercise so Mm. that's been good for her and I think the other thing that you do miss out on a little bit is the social side so the the PE in the social aspect because you don't have lunchtime where you're with lots of friends in the playground and talking they do miss out on that and we tried to fill that gap by meeting up with families who have uh, children who are friends the same age on weekends, doing extracurricular activities. So my daughter's Highland Dance class, um, that's back on again now, thankfully, and and she goes in and and sees all of those kids. And also uh, we've got plans once everything's back to normal to get them into drama because I think that's quite a good... Uh, way to meet people as well mm. so you do have to make that extra effort I think to ensure they get the exercise and the social contact. No,
0: mm-hmm. oh, I see and what would you say to someone who might say that when you get disruption in class or disruption on the playground in a mainstream bricks and mortar school that that's just simply good preparation for life anyway?
1: Well I guess it depends what type of disruption it is. Um, This was people physically fighting, punching each other. Hmm. And I don't think that's acceptable as an adult or a child. So I, I don't think people should be, children should be preparing for that. He was never bullied, but there was bullying. And again, I'd say the same thing. I don't think that's acceptable as an adult, so we shouldn't be preparing for that either. So... Yeah, I'd have to, I'm having trouble thinking of what would be a good Hmm. learning experience. Um, They've both got quite extensive networks of friends online now. And this, I guess, these are friends from MOS. They're all on uh, Discord servers and Minecraft servers and they talk to one another. And so there's a lot of learning there in in terms of what's appropriate in that sort of communication, not just appropriate language, but behaviour. Uh, when, you're, when you're on a Minecraft server, how you behave. And so they, they do get that aspect to it.
0: So tell me a bit more then about these connections that they've made with other pupils. I'm guessing that some of them are from other places or all around the world. Is that right?
1: Yeah, they're, they're all over the world because the pupils at MOS are all over the place. And um, I, I think last time Daniel told me the Discord server, there are about 50 or 60 pupils, okay. mostly from MOS on there, all different years. Uh, so Elizabeth's year 7, Daniel's year 9 so spanning those three mostly and they get to know one another so you can't exchange details through MOS directly you have to go through your the teacher representative which is fair enough so that kids aren't giving away private information mm. but you go through the school get parent permission and then they can exchange details and uh, get to know one another and, and it's quite nice because a lot of them they see in their classes so they'll see familiar names in classes each day and then they can meet up and have that interaction outside uh, via you know one of these online communities
0: and how has this changed your family unit I mean you mentioned about Ben and Daniel going out for walks together actually as a father myself that sounds lovely the idea of going out for a walk and you know bonding with with one of my children but how else have you seen that change your family unit as a whole
1: Well, the biggest change is probably the morning routine, which I think most parents will say is quite (laughs) stressful. Getting everyone out of bed, come on, get breakfast, get out the door. We just don't have that now. There's no race or stress or rush in the mornings. The timetables vary, so you can get 8 a.m. classes, but that's still much less stressful. I mean, even at the previous school you know daniel had to be out of the house before eight so you know you have to have had got dressed you have to have had breakfast got all your school things ready and left so um but if if daniel's because he likes sleeping in he's the nearly you know he's the teenager who sleeps in now and he has a 9 a.m class sometimes he doesn't get up till quarter to nine and i just think we just couldn't have done this before so it's there's no stress whatsoever in the mornings. They both um, both are very good about making their classes. And I think the other thing that has been quite nice for me is I've been a little bit more involved in what they're learning. So I say that we not homeschooled at all, but occasionally they'll ask. They'll show us because they're proud of what they've done. Look, I've you know written this or I've done this, and so we'll have a look. And it's not something we would have had the opportunity to do at regular school. And so, as an example, just this week. Daniel was writing um, about the pros and cons of a dam project in Turkey, I think the Ilusu Dam. I'd never heard of it before, honestly. It was the first time I'd ever heard of this and I wrote, read all about it from his essay and I was just, wow, this is terrible, they should never build this. And I then went and had a look online and they had, it has been built just in the last year. and. So I, I'm actually learning from him, which is which is quite nice. So I, I feel a little bit more involved in what they're doing and what they're learning, and I like that.
0: And what advice would you give to another family that's considering online schooling as an option?
1: I think, well, it has been great for us. We love online schooling, and I think go into it with an open mind and perhaps it's maybe not... The sort of thing that will work for every child I said mm. a bit earlier that um, our kids are very independent and just follow their timetable and and sign on when when they're ready we don't have to remind them and prompt them and do anything like that which is good. I suppose if if you had a child that really needed a lot of support and direction then it might be more work I wouldn't wouldn't say that was a reason not to give it a go. And I think if our kids had been younger when they'd started, I would probably have had to do more of that. It's just that they're older and more independent at that age. So I guess my advice would be to be swayed by the type of child you have. You know, what are their interests? And it, different schools suit different children, don't they? So I think there's no right answer for everybody. It has been great for us, uh, and but just see go on the basis of you know your own family and and how it could work for you
0: and then maybe for a family that has made that decision to take the online schooling route what suggestions or tips might you give to them in order to make that transition as seamless as possible for the children
1: yes good question uh so they absolutely have to have their own computer and i think you you just can't do it with an iPad or mm. tablet. It has to be a proper computer. And there's one that they can use uh, all 24 hours a day because there'll be homework. And in fact, something I've noticed is uh, Elizabeth quite likes programming. So she does computer science at MOS. It was a subject she didn't have at her old school. So she'll finish her computer science class where they'll have been learning some programming language and then she can continue doing that on her computer. So she, if it's something she really enjoys, she can delve more deeply into that and expand on that learning because it's her computer, it's set up in her room, it's her environment, and she's got that control. Mm. I'd also say to invest in a headset of some sort, so microphone and, and headphones. Uh, I think that, that would definitely make it a lot easier for them, and especially if... If you've got a couple of kids doing it in a small house and they're both listening to lessons in the same room, that's just not going to work. You want them to have headphones on uh, so they don't interrupt each other. Mm -hmm. So the equipment, I think that's a big one. And then just making clear plan about how you're going to get them away from the computer as well and doing exercise and outside
0: well, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on to this episode of the podcast. If anyone's interested in things that you've said and maybe wanted to follow you on online or social media, is there any way that they can get in touch with you? What's the best way for them to connect with you?
1: Sure. So I do have a blog, <laughs> a bit of shameless self-promotion. It's, uh, it's just a personal blog, and um, I've got about three readers, mum and dad and my aunt. No, i it's just kidding. <laughs> um, it's, it's rachel.blog and it's mostly about our life in Scotland. I actually started writing it at the Christchurch earthquakes because I felt quite anxious at the time, and I needed to write about how anxious I was feeling and um, worried about another aftershock. And when we moved away, and I didn't feel anxious anymore, it just sort of morphed into other things that we were doing. So, I do I have written a little bit about MOS and about our holidays in scotland which is a beautiful place so there are lots of nice photos feel free there's a contact form there if anyone wants to get in touch they can
0: well rachel thank you so much for coming on to this episode of the podcast It's been really good hearing your story from your family and thank you so much for opening up and sharing it with our listeners today
1: you're welcome it's been a pleasure thanks
0: So that was Rachel Martin talking about her experience as a mum at My Online Schooling. Thank you, Rachel, for joining us on this episode today. It was a real pleasure talking to you. Now, if you're listening to this and you'd like to know more about online schooling, then just search My Online Schooling and you'll find the school's website. And also, while you're there, then don't forget to follow this podcast channel because then when each episode is released, you'll get a small notification just to let you know that it's available. So go and do that. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Bye for now.